that's not really what I want to do. And here it was this mid-60s woman telling a great filmmaker this story. And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you really want to do? And I said, I want your job. I want to do what you're doing. But his response was, well, then you better hurry up and do it. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about what you need besides money when you retire. And if you're already retired, don't worry, we got you covered. I am so excited today because I have Melissa Davey on the show with me. And she retired at the end of 2015 to pursue what she calls her second act and dream of becoming a filmmaker. The reason why I reached out to her is she is working on this super cool project. She is making a documentary film about women over 60, and it's called The Beyond 60 Project. Now, this is why I reached out to her, and I'm going to let her tell you more about her background. Or if you want to read her full bio, go ahead and head over to the show notes at rockyourretirement.com. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathy. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to some of your other shows and they're so informative. Uh, and I was honored actually to be asked to participate. So here I am in my I guess, later 60s now. <laughs> um, and as Kathy said, I retired at the end of 2015 to pursue my second act and dream of becoming a filmmaker. So since then, I have been knee-deep in learning about the filmmaking process and actually probably about halfway through where I need to be to offer up a film to the film industry. So it's been really, really exciting. What was I doing before this filmmaking project? I was a corporate vice president in the largest managed care company in North America. Name of the company is Gen X. And I had been there for about over 20 years. And prior to that was also in the disability industry. I had been recruited to Gen X 24 years ago to build their social security representation program, uh, which is a legal entity that actually goes out into the court system, the Social Security court system, and represents disabled people to prove their disabling condition. So that that's a big mouthful. And anybody listening who has any connection to the disability process will understand what that undertaking was like. I have to ask, so you were this high-powered corporate VP. You retired and you started making films? I mean, did you have any experience doing that? What? How did that work? So that's usually the, the question <laughs> that I get or the reaction that I get, one of surprise and, and questioning as to what, what did you do that for? And what was your motivation? Well, no, the answer is no, I never had any film experience. However, for my entire life, I've been interested in film and the process of making film. I've always read about it. Uh, a real film buff. I love to go to the movies and watch movies at at any time, television as well. And I was always very curious about the process itself. And in early 2014, I got to spend a day on the set with a famous 
film director, M. Night Shyamalan. How that happened was just unbelievable. And I don't even want to get into that because it's such a long story. But picture me all of a sudden being thrust onto a full day set with M. Night Shyamalan behind the camera. And he was very, very welcoming to allow me to stand with him and to see the filming process through his eyes. And and the funny thing is we were having lunch together that day in the middle of, of this film day. And he asked me what I did for work. And I was explaining my big fat corporate position and how long I've been in the disability field. And he said, oh, and I said, but, you know, that's not really what I want to do. And here here was this mid-60s woman telling a, a, a great filmmaker this story. And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you really want to do? And I said, I want your job. I want to do what you're doing. That's awesome. I love it. But his response was, well, then you better hurry up and do it. <laughs> Is that what made you retire the next year? Yeah. And And I mean, seriously, as corny as that sounds... I came home that night and I said to my husband, I'm going to quit my job, not, you know, not tomorrow, but I'm going to plan to quit my job and I want to make a film. Now, my husband reacted in a funny way. He just kind of smiled and said, okay, um, (laughs) all right. I just let it go. And I went to sleep that night, woke up and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to work on a film, develop a film about women over the age of 60 to make sure that their stories are told because there doesn't seem to be a venue for that and that their relevance and their resilience and all the things that I've come to know about women in my older age, um, I think is important to share with the world. So I woke up the next morning with that idea that I would go to work I would speak to my CEO and explain to him that I would be retiring in due time to uh, go on to another career. And that's exactly what I did. Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. You know, I hear people in their 40s. Oh, I can't do it. I'm too old. Oh, I can't do this. I want to I want to do that. And here you are in your 60s, completely doing something that had nothing to do with what you were doing originally for your job. That is so awesome. I love your story. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. All the women that you're interviewing in your project, are they like you? Do they, in their 60s, all of a sudden decide to change their lives completely? I mean, that, that must not be... You mean the norm? Yeah, that's not the norm, is it? It's interesting in that the, the people that I am attracted to, when I started doing the research, it was just seriously online, Googling women who are doing interesting things. And that started to build my repertoire list of women that are between 60 and 100, who to me would have an interesting story. So some were like me, some did go on to second and third acts. Others were just doing extremely interesting things or had things happen in their lives that took them down a different path. But one thing was true with all of them. Every single one of them has this resilience. And that's sort of what I'm studying right now is uh, trying to figure out where does the women's resilience come from, no matter what they go through, work issues, marriages, divorces, children, jobs, etc. No matter what 
issues face them. They seem to have this incredible resilience that keeps them moving forward and makes their story even more interesting as they get older. It's been fascinating. And, you know, I started out knowing that I was going to do a film about women over the age of 60, but not clear exactly where it was going to land. And I'm just starting to feel the ground settle beneath my feet right now um, in the process of hiring a female editor to work with us, to work with the production team and myself to set the next steps for the actual film. Right now, people can go on the the website and see the project and the teasers that have been made for each of the women that I've interviewed. Um, But what we're getting ready to do now is take all of the, you know, we have hours and hours of footage for each of these women, as you can imagine. Um, And it's going to be pulling that story together, that story of resilience and continued relevance. And of course, there'll be some historic references as well. What is the website? So the people who want to go see those teasers can see them. What What is the website for the listeners? The website is beyond60project.com. And it's all spelled out. The 60 is not a number. It's S-I-X-T-Y. So beyond60project.com. And they can go on and they can see an interview with me. They can watch all of the teasers. There's a new one that will be coming up in about a week or so that we're working on. Uh, The most recent interview that we did was more with a group of women um, that I think everybody's going to find interesting. And they are the Sun City Palms. They are a cheerleading group in Sun City, Arizona. And all of them are over the age of 60, some as old as 85 years old. And they are famous out in the West. (laughs) They march in parades. They attend like the Fiesta Bowl. Um, You know, they they perform, they march. They're amazing. Now, how did you get hooked up with them? Did they reach out to you or did you find them somehow? Again, I found them doing research and reached out to them. And they were extremely open to me coming out there. So I went out to visit them in November to make sure that I thought that they were uh, a good fit. And it was obvious spending half a day with them. It was so clear that these were a group of resilient, amazing women that have great stories to tell. So that that will be coming up soon in the next week or so. We'll probably get that teaser up. The, The women are phenomenal. But The interesting thing is another piece of this. I didn't go after famous women. I went after what I consider to be the everyday woman that you might pass on the street and you wouldn't turn your head. You wouldn't say, oh, I've heard of her. I know her. You wouldn't have an idea at all as to what their story is. And once you sit down and you meet them through film, you're amazed at their stories and you're you're just interested in what it is that they're doing and wh- where they're going next. And the cool thing is none of them are saying, oh, yeah, as soon as I finish this, I'll be, you know, heading <laughs> off to the rocking chair. Of course uh, not. That's not their break. <laughs> right. That's probably not their personality, right? Mm-mm. OK, now I have a question for you. You came up with this project. And it's so unique, so different. I mean, when you were younger or before you came up with this project, did you used to sit in restaurants and make up stories about each person that you saw? Or how did you come up with this project to try to figure out what 
the unique life was of everyday people. How did you come up with that? Do you have such an imagination that you're like, oh, see that person over there? They they were an actress when they were 20. And <laughs> like, what did you do? You know, you, you hit the nail on the head, which means you and I are probably kindred spirits. I don't know. Yes, I used to sit in restaurants as a little kid and watch everyone and listen in on every conversation, not because I'm nosy. Now, my husband might say, oh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but not because I'm nosy, but because I'm curious. I have this infinite need to understand people and where I fit in the world. And I've learned more from other people and experiences than I have from going to school or the traditional ways of learning things. My learning experience is being out in the world with people and talking with people and listening to people and understanding their stories and maybe sparking something in me, something that they've said sparks something in me to make me think differently about myself, how I'm coming across, what I'm doing, how I could be better at what I do all the time. So that's kind of the motivation. So it was obvious when I said, oh, I'm going to make a film. Well, I went with what I believe to be the safest thing possible, and that is a documentary about women like me who are the age of me or older and who have uh, the willingness to talk about their experiences. So I, you know, and people throughout my life, people have always told me their stories, even without me asking them. And many times in the course of someone telling me their story, they'll say, I don't know why I just told you that. Or, geez, I just told you something I've never told anybody else. So it's really comfortable for me to talk with people and get their stories and portray those stories in a good light. I don't know. It's just part of my psyche, I guess. Now, I have so many questions. I'm hoping that we can get to them all. So one of the questions is, you were in your 60s when you decided to do this. You'd never, you didn't have any film experience. I'm assuming that you didn't go to school for film. Did you start out with your iPhone? I mean, how did you, did you Google how to make a film? What did you do? Well, what I did almost immediately after I quit my job, you know, again, I gave over a year's notice in order to get my, because I ran a division of the company and it was national and I needed to get the next person in place. So for a year, I had time to think about it while I was still working and to get things rolling. I immediately came up with the first two, three subjects that I wanted to interview. And I came up with those before, right before I quit or resigned, quit. I don't know which word it is, but <laughs> I came up with those three subjects, but I had already gone out and networked with some people that I know that were related to the film industry to say to them, can you get me a meeting with somebody that knows how to film <laughs> you know, knows how to use a camera, a real camera, real lights, real sound. And just so I can talk through this with them. So she said, certainly. And I uh, met with uh, this young man uh, in, in the Philadelphia area. That's where I'm from, uh, who is a partner in a film production company. And I met with him in order to get an idea as to what should I do next? Who should I tap into? Do you know any great film people? Blah, blah, blah. I need somebody with a camera. How much will this cost? All of those questions were, were floating. And he said, 
oh, absolutely, I can help you. And he said, and by the way, he said, I've never been more interested in a project. And this kid is young. When I say kid, he's he just turned 30. So when I met with him, it was a year and a half ago. But he is an owner in this film production company. He said, I'm interested in doing this with you. Let me bring it back to my partners and let's take it from there. Long story short, they loved it, which surprised me because most of them are young men, but they were so fascinated by the whole women's stories and this resilience idea that they bought in. And we got together and we formed this partnership and they are helping me produce this film. So for the last year plus now, we've been going to the shoots together, the whole crew, they have a crew ready for me sound person, uh, an assistant for the day, uh, two cameras usually, lighting, etc. And off we go, whether it's a plane, a car, however we get there, and we spend a full day with each of these individuals. Oh, that is so awesome. It was never with an iPhone. You From the beginning, you had a professional production. Yes. Oh, I love it. So because you had the chutzpah to ask, now you've got this whole professional project. I love it. Yeah. How many people do you think would have done that? They would have just started with their iPhone, Googled how to do a film. I mean, you actually went to some professionals to say, how do I do this? And they liked your project so much, they said, we'll help you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think most people today, and when I, younger people, the millennials, they do everything on their iPhone. And now that I've been in the film industry for a while, I've heard many stories about new documentaries being done on iPhones or very small cameras, video type cameras. So my thing was, I really wanted to do a real film. So I figured I might as well start and do this right. And and that's why I reached out to the film folks. Now, it's a much more expensive way of going about it. And once you've retired from your job, that means that your paycheck is no longer coming. Right. So there was a little bit of negotiating with myself and my husband to talk about, well, let me just put up this amount of money and see where I get. And so far, as my husband said, well, we're not going to eat cat food. We're doing okay. (laughs) You keep going. So I have funded it to date, but I'm very pleased to say that we have our first sponsorship. I immediately. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. I started looking for sponsors last year because I thought that that would be the way to go. And it would also give me some sense of like a reality check around whether what I was doing was going to resonate outside of me and outside of the film guys that seemed to like it too. (laughs) We very... um, excitedly took on our first sponsor, and that is United Healthcare. Congratulations. That is so awesome. Now, do you have a little section on your website for potential sponsors to go look? We do. So I will be out in Minneapolis with United Healthcare next week to talk about development and them helping market this for me. So we're very, very excited for that. And we really appreciate what they've done for us so far. So That alone has given me the kind of second wind in the middle of this, because I have to tell you, it's been over a year 
since I started it, and I thought I'd be done by now. And you know what that's related to, being in the corporate world, where you build products and services, and they have to be done yesterday. Right. (laughs) So what I found in the film world is it takes a lot longer. (laughs) Well, you're also working, everybody's a creative. And so creatives think with a different part of their brain. I don't want to say that my project is anything near yours. I mean, it's certainly not to the scale that you're doing, but that's kind of why I started this show. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to do something. I want to have it relatable to people over 60. And, you know, I do have male listeners, but the majority of my listeners are female. So I am following what you're doing. You know, I I do have professional equipment, but most of my guests don't. I'm calling them on their phone or Skype or whatever. But I have done a couple of episodes on my Android, but you can definitely tell the difference between the professional equipment and the smartphone. (laughs) Yes, you can, but it's acceptable today. Anything seems to be acceptable in the industry. One of my dreams, aside from this, I guess it's relatable. When I left Gen X at the end of 2015, I immediately went to Sundance Film Festival in January, at the end of January, that following month, for the first time. I I had never been. And I, I was amazed at the opportunity to talk to people about my project, which was really very fledgling, you know, project at the time. But that's where I met United Healthcare. And that's where I was able to open my laptop with the website that we had just launched two days before I left for Sundance and say, here's what I'm working on. I want to get your feedback because you're the largest Medicare gap insurance carrier out there. I would love to get your feedback. And that began many months of discussions and a wonderful partnership from a sponsorship perspective with them. So going to Sundance, I did get to see films that had been done on Androids and iPhones and small video cameras, and then films that were done very professionally with, you know, large crews. So, and they were all wonderful. So that experience was amazing. And that led me to believe that If you have an idea and you want to do it, just do it. And talk to people about it. That's how you got your your sponsorship. That's how you got your production crew is just by telling people about your project. I love that. Networking is is key. And I will say, would networking have been easy for me when I was 25 years old? Probably not, although I was pretty friendly at at that point. But my job, the jobs that I've had, uh, my careers... um, you know, in my lifetime have put me in front of large groups. And it, it gave me that confidence to be able to walk up to a stranger and ask them to judge me. You know what I mean? It's, sometimes people will go, oh, I don't like that. And and you have to be able to take that. And, and that's okay, because you want to learn from it and learn what they didn't like to see if maybe they're right. And maybe you can correct it. So, you know, this is my journey. It's not just the journey of telling these stories of these wonderful women, but it's also, I feel like I'm still growing and learning. And that's an awesome thing to be feeling when you're this age. Well, we are going to learn more about that. We're going to take a quick break, Melissa. So we are here with Melissa Davey from the Beyond 60 Project. She's telling us all these really super interesting things. But we are going to be right back after this break. 
Remember all those projects you put off because you were too busy? Now you have the time, but why aren't they getting done? Hi, my name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm a professional organizer and productivity expert. So why are those projects that you put off until you had the time not getting done while you rock your retirement? Well, just because you have the time doesn't mean you'll actually do the projects. So here are three tips. Number one, give yourself permission to let the project go. Maybe you don't really want it done anyway. Or number two, can you do it with a friend? Is there someone else that also wants to get a similar project done in their life or in their home, and you could both be accountability partners to each other? Or finally, number three, give yourself a schedule and a deadline. Let's just get it done. Each year, pick one project that you are putting off until retirement and get it done. Give yourself an hour a day on your calendar and set the goal to be done by December 1st. You can do this. Check out the Organize 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. We're back with Melissa Davey from the Beyond 60 Project, and you can learn more at beyond60project.com. Melissa, thanks for coming back on the show. We were just about to talk about some of the ways that you have gotten this project funded. But before we do that, I would like you to tell us some of the stories that you've learned. Just give us one story that sticks in your mind, one of your favorites. I know there's thousands probably to choose from, but tell us about one. You know, you're right. There are not thousands, but lots. (laughs) Um, But one of my favorite stories was just recently, actually. Last month, we were up in Vermont and we met with a wonderful woman who's in her 60s. She's a veterinarian, and she is just kind of a low-key, unassuming person who loves animals and takes good care of animals and does some cutting-edge stuff in her, I think, one of the largest vet practices in Vermont. And the reason that I went to meet with her was her second story. And the second story is that in September of last year, just this past September, she swam the English Channel. No way. Yeah, she's the oldest woman from the United States to complete the English Channel swim. And sitting with her and talking with her about what she did to get ready for that, why she did it, the process, it blew me away because she's extremely unassuming. And honestly, she said to me, you think that, that, you know, people are going to be interested in this? And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? You know, it's amazing. She's amazing. Last year alone, just for training purposes, she swam a thousand hours. She runs a big vet practice doing surgery every day. She has a family, etc., so it's people like that and stories like that that just confirm to me that there's this resilience and continued relevance in women, older women, that is amazing. And and to find out why it's there, we'll have to stay tuned. I'm hoping to interview a couple of psychologists along the way related to this project. But I do want to know what is it about women that keeps them going and keeps them wanting to expand who they are 
and what they can create and what they can do. So she's she's just her name's Paula. You can go online and see her very short teaser and she'll be a part of the film. She's an amazing woman. Now, how many interviews have you done? We've done nine so far, and not all nine are up there yet. Um, We're working on those Sun City Palms, the cheerleaders. There were multiple interviews during that one. And, And I have a list of women who have agreed for interviews in the future. So right now, and I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm bringing an editor on board, and we are going to decide how we're going to start stitching this together as a film and what is missing. That will be my map, so to speak, to go back and look at who do I want to bring in now? Who else do we need? What other type stories do we need to complete this film? How do you decide who you're going to move forward with? Because I'm sure that you've had more than nine people that you were interested in interviewing. How do you decide who you're actually going to put in the film and who, you know, isn't going to make the film, I should say? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I have a, a big corral filled with women who I've already interviewed on the phone once or twice and have agreed to do it if I want to move forward with them. And when I look at the list today, and and knowing that I, I'm not going to need all of them, obviously, because I already have a lot, it's hard. It's going to be sitting with the editor and It's going to be a gut reaction, something that makes us feel a certain way, a story that's compelling and different from what we've put up there already. It's not easy because they all have great stories. So it's going to be that process of trying to find balance in the film uh, and trying to find enough women that represent all types of different women around the U.S., It's more of a gut, I think, as I start to really stitch this together uh, into a film. So were the interviews that you did on the phone, were they recorded or were they with a notepad? I would use a notepad. I did not record them. And, And I think because I wanted it to just be very conversational and very relaxed, and I'm a good note taker, so I would then transcribe those notes and we have those in my cache and I can go back to them when I'm looking to decide who will be the next interviewee. Well, that's too bad because if you had recorded them, you could just turn it into a podcast. <laughs> True. That's, you know what? That's what my husband said. He said, I see this as a podcast. You know, and more people have said that. You're absolutely right. I could do that at some point, I suppose. Or get them on your show. Yeah, I, get I, them on my show. You know, <laughs> I think that would be even better. We'll have Henry interview them. You know, my show has changed a little bit. In the beginning, I was doing more interviews with actual retirees. And it sort of morphed into now I'm trying to do interviews that can help people. People like you, where they have a project that they're working on, or authors who have a book to sell. And then my co, he's not really a co-host, but he was doing a different podcast called Retired Excited. And I had noticed, it was one of my favorite podcasts. I really loved listening to his show. He's Australian. And he, all of a sudden he stopped there were no more podcasts being produced. And I I reached out to him and said, hey, what's going on? (laughs) Why aren't you doing any more? And he says, well, you know, I'm getting busy. It's getting more expensive to do this. And my wife is saying, why are you spending so much time? And I said, I'll tell you what, 
rather than just let the show go away, why don't you put them on my show? And so we're releasing them once a week. One of his shows that was already released on his website is being released, but I think his hosting is going to end soon. And so at some point, probably the only place you'll be able to find them is through what I'm doing. And then I've told him that, hey, if you want to interview somebody once a month or whatever, we'll set up the interviews for you. So he's thinking about whether or not he wants to do that. So podcasting is a lot of work. And most people who, pod- I mean, there are some podcasts like NPR and Serial and all those kind of shows that are fully produced, but there's most of us, it's just one or two people that are doing it all themselves. It's great fun, but it, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work, a big commitment. But But your show is wonderful because I've you. listened to a few and and I think that the networking opportunities to give people information about finances or whatever it is that they might be looking at when they're retiring is extremely important. And to have a comfortable place to go listen, I'm sure people putter around their house while they're listening to podcasts. I do. It's just a great way to get information out there. Yeah. You know, I don't even listen to the radio anymore. I'm a podcast addict for sure. But yeah, so think about it. How close are you to being finished? Are you halfway through, quarter of the way through? If my production partners were sitting here, they would caution me to (laughs) to answer that (laughs) and how I would answer it. You know, I'd like to say I'm halfway done. I mean, I, I think that we can do this within this year so that by the end of this year, I believe that we will have a film that I can hand out to film festivals or whatever mode we will be tapping into, we will also possibly have a direction for the website that exists. There's still possibility um, that that may go on. I don't know. Once we talk with the sponsor and a few other people that they're introducing us to, you never know what might happen with this website that could become an entity of its own. So I'm really excited about it. But, But my real excitement is finishing the project <laughs> and saying, I, I finished what I set out to do. I believe that it's solid and good and that it makes me feel good. Whether anybody wants to buy it will be another story. I never went into it to make money. I realized that I would probably lose some money in the process, but it meant that much to me to just get it done and do it well and enjoy it. I've never enjoyed work more than I do now. And I'm not getting paid. So I don't know if I would have said that 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, the, the paycheck was important and paychecks are important. But if you can figure out a way to plan to change your lifestyle a little bit, to conform a little bit so that you can do some different things that don't have a paycheck attached to it, I think you can even be happier. Oh, I totally agree. And we don't talk about money on this show. So the closest we've gotten to it is I I was interviewed on another show and I posted it as one of my episodes and we spent the whole time talking about get rid of your stuff. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's time to pare down. I know it's time to pare down. Now I have a really super important question because we're coming up to the end of the show and I'm dying to know. Now, if you win an Oscar, you know, I live in San Diego, so not very far (laughs) from LA. So if you win an Oscar, get invited to the Oscars, can you please tell your husband to stay home and take me as your date instead? That's my important question. I would absolutely 
take you as my date to the Oscars. Oh, now I have this on tape. Your husband is going to be really upset. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen, but I'll tell you, I would be happy to take you. I think it would be a blast. Oh, I would love that. And if you make it down here, over here, wherever you are, I'm not good with geography. Actually, I'm in Philly, so... I do get out your way on occasion, and it may be that some interviews bring me your way. So I will let you know. I would love to. Yeah, hang on to my contact information. And speaking of contact information, how can people contact you? They can use my email, which is Melissa J. Davey, M E L I S S A J Davey, D A V E Y, at Verizon.net. Or they can go on to the website, and there is a way to email through there. And they can also, through the website, see my blog and connect through the blog as well. Well, thank you so much. This was great fun. And my listeners, if you'd like to join the conversation with Melissa and me, head on over to the show notes at rockyourretirement.com and leave a comment. And if you join our Insiders Club, I'll send you a link to our private Facebook group. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Dan and Cody approved by Dan4E2U. Dan writes, this show is very well produced and 100% on message if you're looking for a podcast about retirement. Keep up the good work, Catherine. Signed, Dan and Cody Podcast. Thanks, Dan and Cody. I appreciate it. Wasn't that fun? I'd love for you to leave a review too. And if you don't know how... Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash review, and that'll take you to a free video tutorial that shows you how. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode 1 and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows 
or the show that you just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye!